Well, hello, everyone. Yes, this opening is a little bit different. Last week, Jared and I started the conversation about Chapter 4 of Observing the Craft entitled The Pursuit of Excellence. While our conversation was excellent and even spanned three episodes, the producer forgot to push record on the second episode. So, yes, I lost the recording for Part 2. While this is disappointing, we're going to play Part 3 for you here and let your imagination run for a week or two while we get the gang back together and record the chapter again and hope you enjoy the new ideas that come from this conversation. Thank you for listening to the Working Tools Podcast. Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where tonight we'll continue a third part on our discussion of Pursuit of Excellence from Observing the Craft by Andrew Hammer. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Welcome back to the Working Tools Podcast. I'm not sure that I said that in the first opening sense. I think I skipped that. For, <laughs> this is the Working Tools Podcast. Uh, I'm David Colbeth from King Solomon Lodge in Auburn, Washington. And I'm joined tonight by Worsh Brother Jared Dunham from Penticton Lodge, number 147. Uh, <laughs> we're missing our other two cohorts tonight, Steve Chung and Matt Apple. Uh, Matt's out with his family, and so is Steve. But uh, Steve's family is... Uh, grieving this evening so we grieve with him and we send him our best uh and tonight we're continuing our conversation in boy this this was a long chapter and there's lots of discussion and so i can't imagine if there was matt if matt and steve were here that this would probably be four or five episodes i'm guessing <laughs> we, we were concerned we were going to get one 30-minute segment out of this and we're already into our third one here so uh hopefully you're enjoying this conversation and and ideas that we're talking about but he makes a natural Andrew makes a natural break in the in the book, but also continues to discuss the idea of uh, of searching what what are what are men searching for, and the transition happens that you know if, if we were if if men were only seeking if sorry if when they're seeking something serious and all we're providing to them is the this. Uh, mummery, he calls it. I, I had to look that word up. A ridiculous ceremony. If we're, if if we're just providing these ridiculous ceremonies, and not true philosophy and ideas of philanthropy, then men wouldn't probably continue to stay. And he says that philanthropy, on the other hand, is not a problem because certainly no mason can make an argument against it. But masons are philanthropic. I think it's kind of like the idea of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You you have to start with basic needs, but then you can build to different things. And and just like we're supposed to be good men, right? We naturally want to give, and in that element is philanthropy. But he goes on to say that that philanthropy is actually charity, which there's other definitions to the word charity. And he goes on to talk more about that. And we were thinking we had a show with uh, very well Zane McCune on charity. He, Zane has a whole discussion about charity, and I think he, I think it comes from this next section about the origins of charity. So, a uh, little homework for anybody that's listening: 
go to the book, read the section about charity and about the origins of the word charity and see what you think. And then if you have some more ideas, you know, ping us and maybe we can get Worshal Zane on to talk a little bit more about his ideas on charity. In the blue room, Jared and I were talking about this idea and Jared said he underlined something that he wants to chat about here in that next section. Well, it's just, as you said, that, you know, the um, philanthropy is an extension of our philosophy. Ooh, fila, fila. Um, but it, 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 I underline a section here where it says Masonic charity is not material benevolence. Um, and part of that is because he goes back and he explains that in the early 17th century, what we consider charity is really just giving alms, just mm-hmm. donating, you know, and, and that was considered. Uh, in the 17th century, um, it was considered your duty that if you could afford to donate money to causes, you did. Yeah. Um, and he says, you know, so Masonic charity, rather, it is the spiritual and philosophical awakening which motivates it, which, once again, it's, you know, that whole, it, it's our teachings that drive us to philanthropy, not our philanthropy that drives our teachings. Mm. And it says, therefore, masonry must return to meaning and philosophy as its primary task, its prime motivator for the work we are to do within ourselves as well as for others. So, and I think it, it always it bothers me when we when we define our Freemasonry as a charitable organization, because we're not a charitable organization. We're an organization that, through our teachings, charity is a byproduct of our self-improvement and charity meaning well charity in this in this sense charity charity of giving because yeah um we all you know modern charity modern charity the idea that we donate money and our time money and our time to certain causes to improve and and anyone's anyone's uh station in life yeah you know that you know but what we really need we need to go back to this concept of um as they say agape which is the the and i wish i'd kept the section open with it the i'm trying to find the greater the spiritual love for god in humanity yeah which i mean god in the you know overreaching term for whatever people want to use but still that you know it it's and, and I've, I've brought this up before when because i had this that quote is you know to be charitable with your thoughts be charitable you know when when someone says something and it upset if if don't think that they're saying something to be mean give them the charity of the benefit of the doubt yeah you know and that comes from our spiritual awakening mm-hmm. and, and there's different levels I, I think in charity within the lodge like you said charity within the lodge or with the masonry means something different and so as you build like you're saying as you build yourself and you become right. better and you naturally want to extend that charity as it's called into right. into your profane and the profane world too mm-hmm. and that's i think too what masonry teaches like you're saying that masonry teaches that we need to we bring it to the i think we've had discussion before where we're are we actually bringing it to the profane to the, to the world or is it really just us that's going out of the world? And I think I agree that it's just us, even though we're charged to take it out in some regard, it's really us that we're taking out and not right. necessarily the message of masonry. No, because we're, we're, as, as said earlier in the chapter, we're not missionaries. 
you know, we're not trying to convert the world to Freemasonry. We're just trying to make the world a better place, a little bit better, one <laughs> percent better every day. Yes, yes. So, so that was. I found that an interesting section where he goes through the history of the evolution of agape and the translation to charity in the King James Bible mm -hmm. and how, you know, we, we've sort of latched on to that. Um, because I know that there have been times when we've you know, talked about charity and possibly, you know, like our Grand Lodges both have charitable divisions. You know, and it, it sometimes the focus, I, as I've said in the past, I think sometimes our focus is too much on, oh, look, oh, look at all the good we're doing by donating all this money. Right. You know, that there's that line that, you know, Freemasons around, you know, in North America donate a million dollars a day or a year. I forget, I don't know what it is, but, you know, that that's something that we should be proud of. And I'm like, but it, yeah, it is something to be proud of, but it's not the only thing to be proud of. Yeah. And it's kind of been, it's been, I hate to use we're dumbed down, but it's been kind of dumbed down to that's what the Masonic charity really is, and it's really not. Masonic charity is the is the 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 relationships we share with each other, with each other, with each other, and our brothers, and with right. ourselves, if you will. To me, if you you have to be charitable to yourself and charitable in the origin original wording, and and I think he mentions in here that the creators of our ritual and the creators of our work had that original meaning in mind and not the giving idea or the monetary giving idea of charity right. when they wrote. But he does talk about how over the years, our methods of meeting and aspects of our ritual and things have changed and capitulated to, uh, to differ and change over the years. And, to a point that where potentially in the future we may not exist if it can if we're to continue. He, he uses an example of the potter, a, a master craftsman. Essentially, you were you, you like I agree with the, the idea of excellence is a craftsmanship. And so if you if you're a master craftsman and you fail to teach your apprentice the aspects of mastery, then you're gone. And now there's these apprentices that are no longer masters. And they try to teach mastery. They're not able to teach mastery because they don't have those skills. Right. And eventually the craft lose you know, lessons and becomes right. less because of that loss of mastery. Well, and we try and fill that loss of mastery with other things, as we said earlier, mm -hmm. that, you know, you bring something that we, something from the profane word in, into Freemasonry doesn't make it Freemasonry. Yeah. I, I wrote in the, my, the lack of focus or mastery reduces us to the same state. Yeah. Yeah, it's he he also mentions that the as it's an initiatic society, it belongs to us and us alone. And what the what the outside world thinks of us doesn't matter. No, essentially. And we should stop trying. I I like the point that he points out that we should stop trying to make them understand us. Yeah. You know, and and we we've all had that. You know, oh, you're a Freemason. Well, what do you guys do? Yes. <laughs> well, because you know, we don't need to justify our existence. Yeah. 
you as, know. We, as we try to broadcast to tens of thousands of people on YouTube, explaining what we do, who we are, explaining what we do. But yeah, is that, you know, it, it, you're right. I remember distinctly a, a man and, and it kind of goes to the point of what can we say? What can we talk about? I think we're pretty right. careful here. We do get yeah. up to that gray line or I always like to have a very dark black, you know, clear line, but there's a little bit of gray line yeah. with what we discussed. But I remember after a first degree, the man we were asking questions like, "Okay, what you know, what would you what did you think of it, whatever?" And he said, "What can I tell my wife? Because <laughs> I <laughs> know I'm going to get home no. and she's going to say, what have you been doing for three hours or whatever?'" <laughs> and it was an interesting question, and yeah. and so we the Socratic question back was, "What do you think you can tell?" Right. And at first he said, "Well, nothing," because I was told not to say anything. <laughs> well were you really and so we kind of went through the process and he goes right. oh, okay i get it yeah yeah and he says in the next section that why are some of us so interested in catering or accommodating the opinions of fools right what was who, it go ahead. i was gonna say who are not going to change their opinion of us no matter what we tell them no yeah yeah you know, we have, we, you know, I know, and it, it, but, you know, I always find these, you hear the stories, mostly it seems out of, out of England, because they seem to have, like, in, in England, it seems to be even more suspicious of Freemasonry than anywhere else, where they, you know, they keep having bills that they keep trying to pass where you have to, you know, you know, judges and police officers have to declare their memberships in things. And I'm like, yeah. you know, why? <laughs> like you know there aren't enough you know we're not really trying to take over the world i'm I'm gonna the story i'm gonna beat this story up pretty bad but i was reading something recently and it was kind of a meme type of thing but it was the the donkey and the i was the cheetah somebody the donkey and the cheetah were fighting about who's the greatest they said the elephant's the greatest or the fastest and the cheetah said no the the elephant's not the fastest and the donkey said yes he's the fastest and they said well let's go talk to the lion the you know king so we went to the king and the donkey said who's the fastest is the i say the the elephant's the fastest and the cheetah thinks that the light uh, the elephant's not the fastest and the king said well of course the elephant is the fastest and the donkey said oh and they went away and donkey went away happy and the cheetah asked the king asked the looking lion said but king lion what why would you say that the elephant is the fastest we in king lion said of course we know that the elephant is not the fastest he said but then why would you say that he said because anybody that would argue argue with a fool <laughs> shouldn't be right right and it was the, oh man that's a good yeah. point <laughs> stop arguing with fools stop arguing yeah. with yeah. the uninitiated and the uninformed yeah it was interesting I, I, he, he talks in here about how the, you know, the idea if, if we're not careful that the craft could slip away and that we're constantly curtailing or modifying our work and other things to a point that, uh, that uh, there's some jurisdictions that do the one day degrees 
and there's others that don't, of course. Right. And he he talks about how you know they shouldn't be given or given at all in the course of a few hours in our mass conferrals. He's obviously not a fan of mass conferrals. No. But I highlighted. I wish Matt were here because we've talked about it many times on the show that there's some there's some discussion about whether the ritual should be modified to make it more easy and more understandable. But and I think, and I think he would lessen Well, this is another one of those things is that because he said actually it's funny that I have I happen to have the section open where it says if you they cannot appreciate something unless they work for it, then it is impossible to bring men into this fraternity and expect them to remain as, as sorry to remain with us as constructive brothers unless they are expected to work for it. And if yes. they are not willing to work for it, then they should not be in it. <laughs> yes. So once again, I think the answer is no. I know because it's up here because we have the two major the two popular rituals. I, I'd say popular, but the ones that are used the most, most, most frequent. The Canadian work and the ancient work. And it invariably I've 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 seen guys join the other lodge in town because their prove ups are so much shorter and easier. Yeah. And I'm like, so you, what and I'm I'm kind of feel like saying join their lodge then because it's obviously if you're not willing to work hard, I don't want you in my lodge because you're gonna find what you know, learning our ritual difficult. Yeah. And you're not gonna, you know, so I mean, but it's but yeah, it's the same thing. Is is that you know? Do we need to make it easier? You know what? What will making it? You know, and and what will changing? You know, making the language more modern do? Will it? I I think I personally think it'll take a little bit of the mysticism, possibly not the right word, out of our ritual. The idea that it's old. Yeah, I'm sure there's a better word in there for, for that. You know, you feel. You know, you feel like when you say, you know, you know, you know, thou will is sounds way more, way more. Well, I can't even talk this late in the evening. Ah, uh, but yeah, I don't. Yes, the, ele yes, the elegance, yes. the elegance of the language would be lost, in my opinion. Yes, yeah, and hey, he, uh, I like his quote from Preston here. The very last sentence: "The consequence is obvious." Anarchy and confusion <laughs> is too, and the substance is lost in the shadow. Oh, yeah, it's still true. Anarchy in the lodge room. <laughs> it's in, it is. We, I've heard we, people don't talk that way anymore. No, and that was just the way he would talk. Yeah, it's just some days I wish. Oh, can I? Can I? Can, what, can we talk that way somehow? I don't know if that's possible. I don't know if they really did. They really talk that way. Or did they just write that way? Well, yeah, because this is a written. Because you know, it's obviously, it obviously wasn't someone you know, you know, dictating, you know, writing down as he was talking. Yeah. Although it might have been, but then once again, it would be a lecture, and he would have written it. But yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think I think there's definitely, as you mentioned, the kind of the working in the quarries. We we kind of say that as masons that oh, we're working in the quarries today, or right. we're we're doing that work. But I think it's a, a valuable analogy that if a yeah, if a guy's not willing to do the work, then it's, worth the substance. Yeah. And and obviously that uh, this is not a fit for him. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I think we may have exhausted that chapter. What do you think? I think I think we're running we're running out of me too. Oh, little, wrong, wrong. <laughs> me as well. Yeah, he, he he ends the the 
chapter by saying Freemasonry was never intended and cannot be allowed to make good men ordinary. I know. I love that sentence. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you know, we, you know, take good men and make them better. You don't, you make them better by making them work. Yeah, for sure. Sure. It's it's a, Oh, what was there a laudable pursuit? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think we've had a good good time discussing this chapter, and uh, again, we're sorry we're missing Stephen and Matt, but uh, I'm sure hopefully they'll be ne- they'll be back next time. And by this time, uh, I'm I'm headed out next week to go to the uh, Scottish Rite Biennial, my yeah, first time and maybe last time. Uh, we'll see how it. <laughs> I, I'm I'm honored to be to be attending with uh, most worshipful or in his case illustrious Al Jorgensen, who was my mentor. It'll be his last biennial. He's aging out, as they say. Oh, wow. And so uh, it should be pretty fun. It should be pretty fun. And I'll be, as I, as you listen to this, I will now be a member of the Royal Order of Scotland. Wow. I'll be initiated. I don't know. Something they said, hey, are you a member? I said, no. I said, oh, here, <laughs> pay this fee. <laughs> Another <laughs> okay. distraction. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I had an extra day in D.C., so why not? All right, well, I don't there know. you go. I'm not a, I'm not a member a monger, but whatever well en- enough of that so uh hopefully you'll be able to enjoy this show and this series and then uh, continue on to the next chapter on dress i think that'll be a lively topic it's a relatively oh. short chapter but i think it'll be a good good right. discussion and uh, so anyway on behalf of Stephen missing and matt missing and jared and myself thanks for listening to the working tools podcast good night <laughs>